Hey, Kit, man, hey, hey. what's happening, brother? Uh, just living the dream. <laughs> nice. Good to have you on Between the Fur here. This is Kit Ackerman, the Boston Celtics mascot. He is currently the mascot. You know what? Before we get started, let's cue the intro. Welcome to another edition of Between the Fur. I'm your host, Ken, and it's mascot talk. All right, Kit, man, so it's good to have you on here. What a privilege, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this interview because this is a this is a one first time uh, for me interviewing uh, a mascot that actually speaks and come, you know, and, and truth be told, you, you are the only, yeah, you are the only mascot that speaks in, uh, you know, in professional sports. So, yeah, yeah welcome. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, I was, I was telling you, I, I've been kind of trying to do my research. I've been going back and listening to uh, some of the previous episodes. And, uh, man, there's some really, really big names, some legends here, some people that I've looked up to my whole career. So it's, uh, it's, it's an honor to be on, man. It's, I feel like I'm in a rarefied air right now. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, it's, it's, this has been fun. This has been a, a fun adventure for me getting to know uh, all these guys on a different level. So, yeah, man. Well, I, you know, a little while back we were in, uh, what, New Orleans. Yes. And, yeah, we got talking about it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, my gosh, you might be able to talk. You might be able to be on my podcast. And and, and you're a current NBA mascot. I, was, I got excited about that. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, um, well, Kit, man, uh, hey, first of all, tell me how – this came to be for you um you know it's it, it's that's actually to you know just to to kind of go back on that point one more time but uh it's been really cool to listen to the different stories of how guys um have got to this job you know because it's not really something that you know kids kids grow up thinking oh i want to be an nba player oh i want to be you know this or that i don't think a ton of kids grow up thinking i want to be a mascot you know it's like it's it is kind of a, an interesting profession to get into. And I definitely um, didn't find it until later either. But, uh, you know, I was I was very fortunate uh, that growing up, my folks kind of let me do whatever it was my heart, you know, told me to do. So I, I did a lot of different, um, followed a lot of different passions as a kid. I was uh, a track athlete and a baseball player, but I also really loved to draw and paint. So I spent a lot of time in art classes. Um, I was in theater in school. Um, I was just, I was constantly going in, in different directions, just kind of pursuing these different challenges and different crafts. Cause I was just kind of fascinated by like all these different things. And I didn't really know what it was that, you know, was the hook for me, I guess. Um, and then it sounded like uh, you were a cross between uh, ADD and just a passion for learning and a passion for life. Absolutely. I mean, yes. I mean, that's yeah. what I picked and, up from and, that. And I do, in fact, have ADHD, so that that does track very well. Um, <laughs> we, so, uh, I think we all do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all, all, all us characters do. Um, Anyways, but uh, but yeah. So I guess uh, in high school, though, I kind of started to to narrow my focus, and I I found that I really did have a passion for athletics, but I also had a passion for just being in front of a crowd. I was definitely a show off. I was the guy that was you know climbing on stuff and then flipping off of it at parties in high school. Um, and uh, so sure enough, it, I guess it was kind of uh, meant to be then that, you know, a couple of cheerleaders came up to me at a party and we were like, hey, you know, 
those flips are really cool. Um, you should come do those with us. We could really use some guys on the cheerleading squad and, you know, a bunch of cute girls, you know, saying they want you to come hang out with them. You don't really say no. So I started cheerleading and, uh, it was a blast. I actually, you know, it was, it was a chance to really test myself athletically in front of a crowd. So it was, you know, both of those kind of, you know, things that were really driving me already. And, uh, then I just fell in love with flipping, you know, the, the gymnastics aspect of it. And, uh, was fortunate to uh, have a gymnastics coach, a tumbling coach in high school that was a former Bud Light daredevil. He was, you know, one of the original trampoline dunk guys. And so, oh my gosh, um, yes, was a gentleman. Those guys are legends, man. What's that? In in my mind, those guys are legends. The first Bud Light daredevils and that group. This, the equipment that they had to work with, but the stunts that they were pulling off were just I mean, honestly, I feel like their shows still hold up to this day. If you were to take a show that they did in the late 80s, early 90s and, you know, put that in as an NBA halftime, they'd get a standing ovation. You know, just their their attention to like precision and just, you know, their craft was I that's why it was so inspiring to me was to watch these videos. Like, you know, at that point, it was kind of like they were just starting to the videos were just making their way onto YouTube. And uh, so I was just I was hooked. I was absorbing this stuff. And it just seemed like these guys never missed just their their precision was just so on point. They were the NBA of, you know, of trampoline acrobatics. And so it was just like that was fascinating to me. And so that, you know, that hooked me. And so that was all I wanted to do after I found it. That's amazing. So I, I, I'm actually kind of shocked right now thinking that you didn't have a lifetime of formal gymnastic training. No, most of I'm, my, most of my early flips, I taught myself in the, in the backyard. I'd set a mattress up and just kind of fling myself at it until I could throw front flips and back flips. God, that's amazing. I I've said this before on a couple other podcasts, but it's kind of how my gymnastics came into into being mm-hmm. and still you know still to this day i have you know people were like hey man so are, so you're the guy that does all the flips out there and everything <laughs> yeah. i'm like it's funny that people have that in their heads i uh, i actually don't do that much uh gymnastics anymore and really never did but uh you know i'd flip off of the table flip off of uh different things but um you know i started in the backyard my parents yeah would put a would put a beach towel on the front of me beach towel on the back of me twist it and then you know have me do back handsprings oh, across wow. the yard and <laughs> things like That's that an awesome my first spotting method i love that <laughs> I, I know like well there's a spotting belt right there i i didn't even know that there were spotting belts uh <laughs> you know that, you know back then because it was just uh i was like hey you know i got into a gym one time i'm like so do you guys have any beach towels um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, uh, you know, and then my front flips, I, it, my front flips came from uh, trying to show off from my uh, grade school, my third grade mm-hmm. uh, uh, crush, Jennifer. Oh, I'd line up my name. friends on the floor, on the ground, run and do a flip over them and stuff. So, Love it. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess really my first, I, I guess I would have been actually a little bit younger than I realized. Like, it's funny how you start talking about this stuff, stuff kind of like knocks loose in your brain and your old memories. But yeah, I guess it was really for me, it was jumping off the diving board as a kid. Like, I was, I taught myself how to front flip and like a lot of back flops first. But uh, I finally figured that out. And I remember like I had to have been maybe six or seven years old throwing, you know, front flips off the diving board at my aunt's house. And, uh, and my parents thinking I was crazy. You know, I was the only acrobat in the family. I was, family of baseball players so um it was oh kind of, you kind of stood the out odd one doing cartwheels in the outfield 
<laughs> hey, somebody, will you tell your kid out there to stop flipping around <laughs> in the outfield? Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Your dad's in the stands going, oh, come on, man. Stop embarrassing yep. me. Yep. <laughs> Almost every uh, game on the drive home be like, oh, yeah, you, you did great at the plate, but uh, we really got to, we got to, we got to lock in in the outfield. You got to lose the handstands <laughs> and the cartwheels. That's right. Uh, unless you can do that while catching a ball. Yes, that would yeah. be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Then you got scouts showing up. That's a whole nother story. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so, but, uh, well, but, well, well, yeah. How'd, so how'd you get to uh, the Celtics? Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so uh, I was flipping around in high school and uh, I met Keith, uh, the, the daredevil. And so he started kind of taking me under his wing. He saw I had some potential on the trampoline and, and I was there every day. I mean, if they were open, I was, you know, if, if there was availability to be on the spring floor or on the trampoline, I was in there after school every day, my senior year of high school, um, just trying to absorb as much as I could. And so um, I ended up getting a job there coaching, like coaching, like low level stuff. And uh, so for my whole like senior year and then that summer going into college, I was just kind of coaching and kind of learning the craft from him, um, you know mini trampoline and things like that. And so around early fall, I got a phone call because they had a couple of guys there that were on the dunk team for the Memphis Grizzlies. And oh. uh, so I got a phone call from the Grizzlies mascot. And he's like, Hey, you know, I've heard them kicking your name around. Um, would you be interested in, you know, coming into a practice and, you know, let me kind of see what you got. So I came down to the, the, the forum that night and uh, just kind of jumped in for a practice, you know, I was trying to, you know, do the passing and so like that. and that was my first real time like jumping with a hoop i'd been jumping mini trampoline for a couple of months but hadn't actually had a chance to dunk and uh man <laughs> i was flying all over the place i was missing the mat i was hitting the backboard but i could not stop smiling like it was just it was like a lightning bolt struck me and it was just like dude this is this is the business. This is what you're supposed to do. And I was just in love from the first jump. And, mm. uh, and, and unfortunately, it's addicting. Enough, I did a, what's that? It's addicting. It is. It really is. There's, I mean, everybody wants to dunk. I feel like, like every kid that's had a Nerf hoop on the back of their door has loved that feeling of just jamming on it. And so to get to do it on an NBA court, like, it's next level. It's just, it's the coolest feeling. It's still like, I get excited just talking about it. Now I've been doing this for, you know, 14, 15 years now. So like that alone, I guess, you know, the fact that it's still this exciting for me, means I made the right choice. But, uh, unfortunately I did a good enough job that first day that, you know, Grizz was like, okay, yeah, you can come back. And, uh, you know, I kept coming back and I think it was like my third practice. I hit my flip dunk and that was crazy. That was so exciting. And, you know, I remember him like signing the ball and like putting the date on it and everybody that was at practice signed the ball. And like, that's still, that's still sitting on my desk. I'm looking at it right now, actually. And, uh, Shut up. That's so cool. And that's, 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 that's Eric down there, right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't know if I and, did. I didn't want to. No, that's okay. Eric, you don't want to out you, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that's okay. Actually. Yeah. Don't out me, but you can out him. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, but Fair actually enough. I've talked to Eric and, and he's actually done a podcast with me. So cool. I okay. feel okay saying that, but Sure. Man, I'll tell you what, that's, I love that about Eric, that he had, he had, um, that he signed it, had everybody else signed it, marked the date oh, yeah. and everything. That is so cool. You know, Eric's got a, a real sense of, of, uh, people and encouragement and, and things like that. He's just a, he's a great, he's got some great energy about Absolutely. him. Absolutely. He I really love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and, and for someone who, 
And, and he's another one that, you know, like we were talking about kind of backyard flippers over gymnasts. He's another one that was never a gymnast, you know, like, I, and I think that that's fascinating because when I think of dunking mascots, Grizz is always kind of near the top of the list. You know, there have been guys that have done some, you know, crazy technical dunks, but like he always brought it. He had a, has a nasty reverse. I've seen him do flip dunks in that suit and that's a hard head to dunk in. Like the visibility's low and like, I mean, I just, I have so much respect for him for not really ever pursuing gymnastics, but still just being a, just a beast of a dunker. Yeah, I know. I love his dunks. He brings the power. He's got a lot of yeah. power in his dunks. He, he fits his character too. And I yes. think that's another thing. Like, it's just like, he is, he is a bear out there. Like he is a grizzly and like <laughs> he sells that, like whether it's the wrestling stunts or the dunking, like, you know, it's just like that kind of investment to the character. I always really appreciated that about him. Well, he's a hundred percent in, in everything he does. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, okay. So you're, you're, you're there, you're with Eric down there. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. We haven't even made it to the Celtics yet. My bad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I dunked with, uh, with Eric for a couple of years. Um, I was actually there the season, um, not a fun season, but it was a, it was a, it was a big season in my development. Um, I was there when, when Eric actually uh, got pretty sick and he had to miss a season um, due to just being in the hospital. Yeah. He was fighting the Hodgkin's lymphoma, if I remember right. And uh, yep. it was, it was a really hard time. You know, it was, you know, one of my mentors, you know, someone who I looked up to, you know, just in such a precarious situation. And then on top of that, you know, as a member of the organization, you know, not having Grizz in the building was, you know, how do you, how do you function without the mascot? And so, uh, you know, it, it was really, it was it was it was tough, but it was an opportunity for us on the dunk team to kind of step up and help take over some of his duties. Now we could never really fill the shoes, but you know we we were running the flag and we were doing a lot of the comedy skits and we were helping with the promotions and doing way more than just jumping on a trampoline like we had been in the previous season. And uh, you know it was it was really telling to me that like I was really enjoying that stuff just as much as I was enjoying the dunk shows. I was really having fun interacting with the fans as well as working with the uh, the game ops crew and so you know it was just kind of it was slowly dawning on me that like you know this is more than just a fun part time job like i really I love this I want to see you know where this can go and so uh you know. Eric came back and we were all, you know, so pumped and so excited. And it was kind of like, you know, he was there and I was like, I want to do this like you do this. So I was like, teach me, help me find my way. And so, he, and, and, and he did, you know, he couldn't have been better about it. He was an amazing mentor, um, helping me get gigs, doing the air characters and stuff like that, just so that I could kind of broaden my knowledge in the, in the sport and, or in the, in the profession. And then simultaneously I had Keith, the, uh, the daredevil, still coaching me on all of my acrobatics and my gymnastics. I was, you know, training pretty much every day I was training dunking and then I was going and working the games or going to, to dunk practice and learning from, from Eric. So it was like, I was kind of getting twofold this, uh, this, this mentorship on both sides of the coin. And um, finally, after a couple of years of that, um, it was in the summer of my junior year of college. Uh, I got an offer for Cirque du Soleil actually. And uh, was getting ready, geared up for that, and got a phone call from my dad that uh, my mom was in the hospital, that she had contracted multiple myeloma, a rare form of bone cancer. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah, it just it rocked my world. And, 
I ended up turning down the the opportunity to pursue a job with Cirque because I wanted to stay home, wanted to stay close to my family, not really knowing yet what my mom's treatments were going to entail. And so um, kind of opted to, to, to stay close. And so I was keeping with the coaching. I had actually told Eric that I wasn't probably coming back for the next season of the Grizzlies because I really just wanted to be focused on my family and on finishing up school. And uh, <laughs> my mom basically about kicked me out of the house. She's like, you can't throw away all these opportunities just for me. And uh, it was about a week after we had that conversation that Eric called me back and was like, hey, you know, I know you're, you're thinking about taking a break, but there's an opportunity in Boston. Uh, they're, they're, they've parted ways with their old mascot and they're looking for somebody new, um, you know, and they're looking for a, you know, high energy acrobatic character. He's like, I think this could be a really good fit for you. You should think about it. And uh, I went back and talked to my family and my mom basically told me that they were going to cut me off if I did not pursue this job. So, <laughs> I love your parents. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah they didn't give me Great. much say in that, but you know, and, and yeah, like, <laughs> Uh, they have always been my, my biggest advocates. Dad definitely was a little skeptical when I dropped baseball. I also, that was another thing. I, I had opportunities to potentially pursue baseball in college. Um, early on, I had people interested in me, like, you know, when I was going into high school, but I was just burnt out on the sport. I played it all through my childhood and, uh, I just, I'd had some bad, bad experiences basically just with burnout. And, uh, so I started doing every sport that the high school offered and much to my dad's kind of disappointment he saw the path kind of fitting and like baseball was the family sport now all of a sudden i'm doing all this other random stuff and so now you fast forward and like i'm making a career out of you know just random stuff and and he couldn't have been prouder or more helpful and you know helping me get up here but uh i digress um that's great i I went for the job there were probably i think there were like maybe a hundred of us that applied um they narrowed it down to five of us uh we flew up and each of us essentially like put on a halftime show for the front office um, solo, like just quiet, empty gym, just like people like, you know, a handful of people sitting in the stands with cameras watching us. And you have to try and put on this like halftime, like you're in front of 20,000 people and uh, tough situation, very bit, awkward, tough, intimidating, uh, <laughs> nothing you can feed off of. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It was, I, uh, I know that. Yeah, I know that uh, uh, that 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 situation all too well. Yeah, but go ahead. (laughs) So um, and so I got through it, you know, like I I did a bunch of big dunks. I had, uh, you know, I've I've got a handful of dunks that I've kind of been able to create and tailor. That's been one of the biggest perks to kind of getting my mentorship in the gymnastics school is I had an opportunity to really tinker with stuff in a way that I don't think a lot of dunkers before me did. And uh, so I got, I had a few dunks that nobody else in the world was doing at the time. And so I pulled a couple of those out and they went well for me. You know, I was, I had a good audition, but, uh, you know, get back to Memphis and uh, don't hear anything for a couple of weeks. And I'm starting to get kind of nervous. I'm back in school for the fall. You know, we're, we're, you know, really it's like, it's, it's about time for the NBA season to start. So, you know, I'm kind of thinking, you know, they must be going in a different direction and I'm sitting in a class and my phone starts buzzing so I step out of the room and it's the president of the Boston Celtics. <laughs> and, uh, Shut up, yeah. the president himself. Come yeah. on. He's like, you know, we uh, we really liked your we really liked your interview. We really liked your audition, and uh, you know, we wondered if you'd be interested in in joining us. You know, doing that like that calm voice. You know, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I have to you know do this and that. But you know, I'm dancing and 
spinning around in circles and throwing <laughs> books down the hallway. I'm so pumped. And uh, so, yeah, I loaded up a U-Haul truck. Like, literally, I, I rented a U-Haul that day, went back to my apartment, loaded it up, subletted it, and was on the road within, like, 36 hours to Boston uh, because it was a week before opening night at this point. So um, had to get up and get fitted for a costume. They made a costume for me in a week, like, had this uh, this amazing seamstress literally build me a costume in a week. Ended up using that costume for another, like, three or four years, too. It was really well made. Um, but, yeah, like, wow. it was just, like, things went into warp speed from there. and uh, <laughs> And I haven't looked back since. Gosh, that's great. I can't believe that you just like got the call from the president. First of all, that says something about their organization right there. Oh, right? yeah. To have the support of the top guy. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of companies anymore have that kind of um, uh, hands-on uh, support Yeah, yeah. from the top. So, yeah. Um, and that's amazing. And then you raced out there. And, okay, so uh, with this costume and everything, now, if it, it – People out there listening, if you have not seen, and, and it's lucky, right? Yeah, yeah. It's literally, it's, or, if you've seen yeah, the Boston so, Celtics logo, no, the guy spinning the ball with the shillelagh, like, that, that's my character. That's what I look like. Yeah. Minus yeah, the sideburns. Those, those still haven't grown in yet. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I saw you shaving the other day. Yeah, <laughs> going, yeah, yeah, I can't have any facial hair. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but if you have not seen the character Lucky, okay, because uh, you, hadn't, you hadn't said Lucky yet. If oh, you haven't yes, seen... Yes. Uh, the character Lucky yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm telling you, YouTube, go check him out. It, it, first of all, uh, you'll you'll notice that uh, it's it's his own face, and so everybody sees his face. Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> which is unprecedented. How and why did they do that? Because I know they did have a character, yeah. and I and I absolutely uh cringe every time i saw <laughs> the the actual character that they you know the the the, the lucky that they had before yeah. uh who was a caricature of a of a person yes. and it wasn't an animal uh like most and it just had this horrible or horrifying grin <laughs> on its face yeah you know they had gotten a lot of uh let's say less than positive uh critiques on the 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 suit that they had been using uh, the face was uh, this is a little rough it's still floating around the office every now and then it'll <laughs> pop up somewhere but uh they just they missed on the smirk the smirk was a little bit more menacing than it was playful if you've ever if you ever see the celtics logo he's got like this kind of winky smirk thing going on which he's a cheeky leprechaun it makes sense but the head just didn't quite translate that so no it kind of um, looked like uh he, he had some other things on his mind all the time yeah yeah maybe he had ADD too. <laughs> in my opinion um <laughs> but so they decided they were going to go a different route and there was this very talented acrobat by the name of uh damon blust uh he was a former bud light daredevil too as if i'm not mistaken and uh so he came in and took over and was the first uh, face character or, or mascot as it's kind of been a term. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's right. So, uh, and, and, and did a great job for a number of years was a, was a phenomenal dunker. Um, and that was actually like, so when I was in Memphis on the dunk team, he was one of the names that we always kind of heard about because he had the, uh, the front flip 360, the front full dunk. And there weren't a lot of people doing <sighs> that dunk. Um and so that was actually like once I saw a video of that back in Memphis, I was like, okay, that's the one that I got to get. Like, if this is what people aren't doing, 
then I need it. And so I started drilling that dunk very early on in my career. I think I'd only been jumping for maybe two years at this point. And I was trying to hit a dunk that, you know, people have been doing their going their whole careers and never trying. And so, um, but actually ended up pulling it off. Like I mentioned that gymnastics school kind of gave me an advantage. And so I ended up mastering that dunk and then actually taking it a step further. I do the front full and then I go between the legs at the same time and nobody was doing that. So crazy. Um, so when I came to Boston, that kind of became my signature dunk. I would pull that out for the really big games and, um, had pretty good success with it. And, uh, that was really what helped me win over the crowd up here too. Cause they were, as you, you know, I feel like that might actually be most sports fans, but Boston fans definitely don't like change. Um, and so the changeover from Damon to myself was a little, a little rough. I, you know, they, they definitely let me hear it that uh, they liked their old mascot. So um, I had to win them over. And it was probably just because of the yeah, change. And it, yeah, it wasn't anything more than I mean, they liked the old guy and they didn't understand why the old guy wasn't there anymore. And uh so it, it took me a solid season to win them over, but it was, you know, it was putting things on the line with dunks like that front full between the legs and, you know, just really just, like I said, like trying to leave it out there every night. And finally by like, I feel like St. Patrick's Day, actually, that game um, was the night it felt like things clicked that first season. And from then on, it's it's just been nothing but positive. God, that's great. It's a, that's a tough situation, especially when they can see your face yeah, yeah. and it, 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 it's a little bit more personal and things like that. When you've got people in the crowd looking at you and you can, you know, you can see the, uh, the, uh, just the non-acceptance it, on their face or their frustration with you it, or whatever. Yeah. Gosh, that's gotta be tough without some it's mask all about to hide the poker behind. face. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, Yes. Um, and it is, it's a blessing and a curse. You know, it's like, there are days where I really, really love that I get to talk to the fans. You know, I'll be in the stands cheering on the team and then I can have a conversation with the season ticket holder about the season or, you know, the players or, you know, whatever, you know, their day, you know, we'll, we'll just have, you know, I have regular season ticket holders around the arena that I go and see every game and just kind of chat with them about their week, their family, you know, they're, they're friends now. And so it's like that aspect of it is awesome. It allows me to interact with our fan base on such a direct level. Um, but then on the other side, there are days where it's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind being able to hide behind a mask just a little bit, you know, and, and there are also, there's always those couple of unruly fans that are there with no other purpose than to try and crack that poker face. And uh, they've, They've gotten close a handful of times, but I like to think that I've, I've been able to keep my cool for the most part. Uh, that's a real credit to you I'm telling you. I don't know if I could do that. It's been a, for me, it's been a real blessing to be able to hide behind that thing, especially when I have down days. I've gone through some rough things in my life with my family situations and things like that where, gosh, you know, there's situations where I, I'm just struggling uh, personally inside yeah. And, and, and gosh, people, you know, I, I know me, people would read that on my face immediately. <laughs> so I'm so glad that I, I haven't had to deal with that, but I do envy you in the respect that you can make friends on a more personal level. And then also, I mean, even charity work, things like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's funny. I was, I, I mentioned, I was listening to some of the other podcasts earlier and, uh, one of my favorites of all time will always be, uh, Rob Wycall, the old San Antonio coyote. Um, 
because it just I, mm-hmm. I, he's just he's always been just such a pleasure to watch in the character. But it's his ability to switch from comedic to compassionate. And uh, he talks about uh, meeting this little girl and, uh, you know, her, she's she doesn't have long to live and she's in the hospital and he goes in, and he spends some time with her. And it's just this very tense situation. And he's backing out of the room and the little girl says goodbye. And, you know, he says goodbye and he doesn't mm-hmm. really think anything of it until like, I think it was the grandmother comes out. He's like, that's the first time she's spoken in days. And, and you know, he had this opportunity to, uh, you know, essentially give this family, you know, this, this last opportunity to, to hear this child speak. And like that, like, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Like the power that we have with these families and with these people in our community. You know, it was it was really cool. Just a, a, a week ago, I was at the Children's Franciscan Hospital uh, down in Boston, and uh, it was me and all of the Boston mascots. We had Pat the Patriot, we had Blades of Bruin, Wally from the Red Sox, um, Slide from our, our Revolution, the the MLS team. So it was like it was it was the power team, you know. And we're we're there doing like musical chairs and just being silly for the kids. And uh, you know, at the end of all of this, they they kind of just created a little meet and greet time. And I essentially got to become the spokesman to these children for the mascots. And so I'm kind of like the guys would come over and they'd lean God, in, like act right. like they're whispering in my ear. And then I'd crack a joke to the kids and be like, oh, Pat said this. And like, and it was so great because I then got to be the conduit from the other mascots to these kids. And it just it allowed this level of interaction that I've never witnessed um, you know, in, in, in my time with the character. And it was just, it was so cool to see how we were able to affect these kids and, and talking with, you know, their staff afterward about how some of these interactions were, you know, as much as they've ever seen out of some of these patients, it was just, it's so empowering to know that, you know, being a silly cartoon character can actually have just so much power and so much, you know, direction in the world that we live. What a special opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's it, I love that. That's a real that's a real unique situation, yeah. and I and I applaud how you handle it. You. So, in all these times, you know, with somebody having having a, a face mm-hmm. on the character, a personal face on the character, tell me about some fails. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have some sure. real, you know, say, fails yeah. as far as uh, your your skits or your you know acrobatics or uh, you know maybe something yeah. said. I don't know. <laughs> I would I would get into trouble. Every day, if I had sure. spoke in um, costume. I mean, so. Luckily, <laughs> and, and knock on wood, because now I'm probably going to say something in an interview or something, but I, I've, I've done well about kind of, um, I've always kind of kept a less is more mentality when it comes to talking publicly um, to try and avoid those slip ups. So um, not as many public speaking, but I've definitely had some where the, the being the face character or mascot has definitely not worked out how I expected. Um one of my favorite things watching other mascots early on, uh, Benny the Bull is great about this, uh, but he would like go and sit down next to a woman when like her boyfriend or her husband gets up and like put his arm around their shoulder or, you know, he'd, he'd lean <laughs> over and like go through a woman's purse and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, you can't do that when you're a mascot. Apparently people get really <laughs> upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh, it's crazy it. how uh, was just, just not I, being as soon as you said sitting down next to a woman i was like bing yeah, oh yes yeah. that is i knew where I'm you were just going some with that. creepy dude man i'm not i'm not a mascot i'm some creepy dude dressed up like a leprechaun as far as they're concerned 
That does not fly. Oh my gosh. Flirting. Yeah. You've got to really, yeah, does not sell as well. <laughs> you gotta be, I, no, no, I, I don't even know how to, yeah. How I would even start with that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. great. I hadn't even thought about that. Cause I do that all the time. Well, every time I go to the mascot birthdays, my- I watch this, like I watch this interaction and yeah. And you're one of the best about it. And you go over, kiss their hand or something. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> you can't just like, you know, pull them in as you, as you're kissing them up their arm no. or anything like that. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. The, the headline yeah, will be leprechaun do that. gets maced front row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't walk behind some, hot chick that uh um you know and, and and mimic them there's there's one time that just comes to mind i gotta tell you yeah, a quick yeah. story about about uh flirting with somebody <laughs> so i was standing on the uh and and, and this i it just is all of a sudden i have to laugh about this because gosh this is a lot of my bit <laughs> but one time um and you just can't do that <laughs> anyways so i'm standing on the corner of the court one mm-hmm. time and uh this little kid wants a picture and uh so I, I, I'm like, hey, let's, let's, you know, while the game's going on, pull, you know, I pull this kid out right on the side, you know, so he has a background of the the, the game going mm-hmm. on, and you know what an amazing picture this was going to be and everything. Well, out of the corner of my eye, I see this blonde, uh, very large-chested woman <laughs> uh, in a very tight red uh, top, mm-hmm. you know, walk into my view. Uh, you know, from, from the right. Anyways, and she's on the, like the end of the court, but behind the, you know, courtside seats or whatever. She comes into view. I mean, it's so bright, you know, in my, in my, you know, in my yeah. view here, I can't miss it. So I actually, you know, I pick it up, I pick her up in my view there. And uh, she walks to the corner of the court and then she turns. And now at this point, she's kind of like walking in front mm-hmm. of me. And, you know, I, I make it very obvious that I, my head jerks up. I see this, woman and at that point just see i just kind of shoved the kid to the side yeah <laughs> i just shoved the kid to the side like okay yeah you're you know yeah bye and so that's when uh i kind of climbed over some seats and <laughs> yeah. ended up walking right behind you know yeah. like like oh no 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 I, I i stayed along the court like i stayed on the mm-hmm. court and walking in front of everybody every that's right courtside you know i'm sure. right in front of them i'm right almost touching their knees as i'm walking along and i'm following this person walk the whole length just like of a love court. struck cartoon character then like. yes yes you know the eyes bugging out and all that and then she turns and walks around you know the corner and, and goes along the other end of the court okay she's just strutting her stuff at this point <laughs> she knows what she's doing she's there for this reason <laughs> So all eyes on her. So I'm bringing this attention to her. She walks around. She, she, she uh, uh, goes by the end of the hoop there, where the hoop is. Of course, you know, I don't see the hoop coming. Bang, walk right into it. Oh, uh, you know, I'm tripping over people. I go, actually, then I end up behind her and she walks up into the stands, up this aisle. And there's a seat. Uh, she finds a seat. Well, there's an open seat next to her. And I'm like, Okay, that is my seat. <laughs> yes, and everybody in the whole arena at this point is watching. Of course, I've got everybody's yeah. eyes. And so I uh, I climb over, get into the seat next to her. Like, you know, anybody in the seat? Oh, no? Okay, well, and I'll just settle down into this seat then. 
And um, so I, I'll usually put my arm around this, you know, this person yeah. or, you know, whatever, if I'm flirting, I'll do the whole stretch and everything. No, no. Her, she had such a big uh, chest that, uh, I mean, it was so obvious. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so all of a sudden I wait, I wait, I wait for a second. And then I just, I start shaking and I can't help it anymore. And I just swing around and just all, just eyes right on her chest oh like i can't help it anymore i'm gonna look i have to look you know so bang i look and you know face right there and the crowd just erupted because first of all they knew what i was doing they had been following this the whole time but just to do the unexpected they all wanted to do that they all wanted to see me do that they just didn't think i'd do it yep for sure bang i just looked and then I was like, I've got to get yep. out of here. Like, you know, then I act like I've got to go. I've got to go. I've got to get out of here. This is too much. I can't handle this. I'm out of here. So that's anyways. amazing. But you could never no, do that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but, you know, and, and that is, that is the, I think, though, like that story and just the fact that like we just hard line. Absolutely not. No, won't work for my character. Like that is the difference between, I think, probably the most like, clear difference between the mascot and the mascot is like it, it really is like you have to play them as almost two different kind of character types like mascots are essentially cartoon characters brought to life and that's that's really what i think about i think about the old looney tunes characters but essentially in you know right there in front of you whereas being the mascot you've almost got to play it more as like you're either Buddy the Elf or you're, you know, an action figure. And so it's like that's, you know, it's but you never really get to quite cross over into cartoon land because it's like there's just a certain set of rules that you guys get to play by that we can't. Yeah, uh, that's got to be tough. Well, but you yeah. do it very well. So idiot interactions with players yeah. or anything um, like that. Well, and so that's the other keeping on the manscot theme um that is another cool perk to being able to talk is uh it, it makes interaction with the players pretty easy you know like if if i need something from them for like a skit or a promo or a stunt or whatever it's as easy as just walking over and asking them um and you know early on you know we had a very when i first got to the team you know it was right in the middle of the big three paul pierce kg ray allen we had a very high profile team and then, you know, for a couple of years, it, it you know, kind of quieted down, you know, when Brad Stevens came in and we were developing this newer, you know, generation of the Celtics. And so, you know, that that first profile or that first high profile group, it was a little bit harder to get interaction with them, um, mostly because there was just so many people around them already. The, the agents and security and our own organizational people, um, it was it was like crying teeth trying to get, you know much from them just because there was already just so many things in their orbit. But with this newer generation is, you know, we've had so many new rookies and draft picks come in and stay. I've had a chance to work with these guys, you know, from when they're 18, 19 years old on up to now. And so guys like uh, Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart, the guys that are on the team now that are kind of higher profile guys, um, they're, they're buddies. You know, I've, I've been hanging out with them for years at this point. We've been doing community work together and, you know, training at the practice facilities at the same time. So it, it's much easier to have a back and forth with those guys now. Um, Smart is actually one that's particularly cool. He um, he tumbles or did tumble back in the day. Um, and so he, has, so he has a lot of appreciation for the gymnastics and the dunking. And so he'll be in 
putting up shots or working out at night when we're in there practicing and he'll he, he's not allowed to dunk we've we've had that very firmly established by the organization but uh but he'll come <laughs> over and hang out and like you know talk to us about it and you know give us suggestions about what he'd like to see and so like that kind of you know, just genuine interaction with them is really, really cool. Cause like, these really are the guys, like, I'm a fan. We're all fans at the end of the day. And so to have this casual kind of friendship with these guys that, you know, for my whole life I've looked up to is, is really, really special. And, uh, and even some of the older guys, like Paul Pierce was one that I did get to have a good bit of interaction with while he was here. And even now when he comes back for games, he always comes over, daps me up. We have a conversation. Um, actually, really cool story about him uh, my first year uh, I, I mentioned my mom was was in the hospital was fighting cancer and uh, she was a huge Ray Allen fan because of his work with uh, JDRF the juvenile juvenile diabetes research foundation and uh, so she mm. she was just always a really big fan of Ray Allen and so like I was like all right for Christmas this year I'm gonna see if I can get Ray to like sign a jersey for her and uh, so you know one day at like one of the community events, I'd had the shirt kind of waiting in my car and, you know, finally worked an event together and I'm talking with him, like, you know, explaining what's going on. And, um, Paul Pierce was at this event. I was at the practice facility and, uh, Paul overheard me talking to Ray and kind of telling him my mom's story. And, uh, you know, Ray had just, you know, said, yes, you know, I'll sign a Jersey for you. And Paul like just kind of leans in. He's like, man, why do you want Ray's Jersey? I'm the one everybody wants. And he left, the room went down to the locker room got his jersey came back up and signed his actual jersey like not one that i bought from a store like one that the team had given him and he like he gave it to me was like tell your mom like i'm thinking about her and, you know that was it that was like, it just like left me speechless and it just that's yeah amazing so like wait what what, what player leaves what he's doing yeah in the middle and, of the and, and goes there i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes goes into the locker room. That is, gosh, you know that a lot of stories like this renew my faith in these guys. You know, because a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of players, you know, they have a, uh, you know, an untouchable or above, you know, everybody else mm-hmm. type of, you know, feeling about them, and and people feel that in the community yeah. so much. And I, I, you know, I I want so much for uh, for people to hear these personal stories about them because they are people they are good for the most part they're just good guys and and a lot of times if they come off as a little bit uh, stuck on themselves a lot of times it's just because they're shy or they're quiet yeah. or you know they're they're, well, they're it, young exactly you know? more than anything it's but, like you know and, and i i see a little bit of overlap i mean obviously the level of fame as a mascot even one where they can see my face is nowhere near the same as being an nba all-star but you know like i was thrown into this at a very early age even when i was in memphis you know being on the dunk team we were we were very recognizable then um you know having people stop you in the community to take pictures and sign autographs it's it's really cool but it's also like it can be sensory overload sometimes because you just don't expect it and so i'm sure for them it's to have that thrust on you at 18 19 years old could be incredibly overwhelming and so yeah like it, it it makes sense to see how some of these guys may not always handle it as well as others but yeah, it's for every bad interaction or, or, or negative interaction I think that's out there, there's probably 10 that were incredibly positive that nobody ever heard about. And so it's, yeah, I think it's, it's important to remember that these guys are just people. And, and that's one of the coolest things I think about our job is we get to see them 
just be people. You know, we get to see them at practice or when the cameras are off or see them doing these amazing community events where they show that they have a lot of heart. And yeah, it's honestly, it's made me more of a fan over the course of the years, not less, you know, it's been nice to not be jaded by it and instead really be inspired by it. That's great. I, something came to mind and I hate to switch gears, but something came to mind while you were talking right there. Hey, so what is it like being in the community? Cause I can go, I can go shopping (laughs) And just wear sweats, <laughs> flip flops, the <laughs> cut off shirt, you know, whatever. And uh, you know, I no one knows. No one, you know, well, no one recognizes me. But how is it with you? I mean, do people recognize it, it, it you? It does happen some. It's it's like I said, it's definitely not the same as being like an NBA All Star. I'm not getting, you know, rioted in the streets and having people chase me down. But no, it's uh it, it does happen. A good bit. It happens a lot when I'm downtown, like specifically like around the arena. I think it's easier for people to relate and, you know, kind of make that parallel when it can kind of, you know, the gardens in proximity. But I also live all the way up in New Hampshire. I live about 40 miles out of the city. So most of the time when I'm, I live in a small town, so it's there, there isn't as much. Um, but then again, I live in a small town, so word travels fast. So I think I'd lived here maybe a month and the whole town knew who I was and what I did and had people stopping by like uh, I'll I'll train in the yard I have a hoop set up um, like an actual like NBA quality dunk stanchion so that I can practice at my house and so yeah, the, any given day in the summer people will just drive up and watch us practice in the yard because they know we're there doing our thing so um, there's some kind of weird things like that that are kind <laughs> That's of kinda unique um, but no I mean the truth of it is I like people like me enough to want to get my autograph or take my picture like hell yeah that's awesome I, it's it's just never been anything other than just incredible to me that people think that i'm that interesting of a person you know so i i i've always enjoyed it i've always appreciated it that people would actually like acknowledge me in public rather than turn and walk the other way so um yeah <laughs> now nah, you're a likable guy though good looking likable you're you're so personable and i think you're just the right person for that job i mean really i mean obviously you've been there uh you know long enough to uh to you know we're we're it, it shows mm-hmm. that you know you are the man for the job and i i think they're gonna have a, now i have to ask you this so what's their plan uh when they are, you know when you're done or when they're done or we i mean they won't sure. be done but <laughs> yeah you know when 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 you're done with this or i mean People know who you are and, um, yeah. you know, if it switches, gosh, I mean, you've been there long enough. I mean, what are, what are they thinking? Well, you know, how, how's that going to go? I mean, I just can't believe that, that they would put themselves in this situation where people actually know your yeah. face. I, I, did they think this through? That, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of flabbergasted. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that there's definitely still a, a, a graceful way to make the transition um now the the transition between my predecessor and i was probably not as smooth as anyone would have liked um there was a lot of uh controversy thanks to the way the media portrayed things um that that kind of made it look like um his leaving was a lot more murky than it actually was and so then it made it look like i was this you know, kind of scab coming in and taking the job. And so I think like, you know, there was just, there was just enough like kind of mystery around the transition from Damon to myself that people kind of created their own narrative. 
And uh, that led to some of the negative interaction that I dealt with my first season. And I think it was really because people felt like, you know, like I said, people don't really want to accept that change. And it's also because people get attached to the character. And so they want to see their mascot. And so, um, yeah, I think that there is there's there's potential for risk there. But I also think that handled right. Um, it can be a really cool transition. Um you know, I, I think for me, it's and I'm not saying that like I'm ready to give the job up. I, I love this. I want to do it as long as my body's going to let me. But um, I, I kind of look at Lucky now more as almost like a mantle or like a persona because we have been kind of open about my identity. I've done some some kind of extra things over the course of my career, like competing on Ninja Warrior and, uh, you know, dunking has become. A, a, a competitive sport and so I actually went and competed with other freestyle dunkers overseas and actually won a gold medal in dunking and so like uh, but I did that as myself not as the character and so those opportunities um, kind of created a chance to uh, tie my identity to the character and so uh, since that's happened it's lucky has become almost more of like a mantle that I wear like people know that you know kit is lucky and you know vice versa so i don't know i think that that if if the uh if it's if it's handled right that there there can be a kind of passing on of the lucky mantle from myself to you know whoever whoever follows me and uh you know they one of the other cool things that i've done in my time up here was create a dunk team we didn't have a, a dunk team up here when i got here and so i've you know built that from scratch i've brought in um skiers and gymnasts and acrobats from all over the country and uh you know i would love one day for it to you know potentially be one of those guys and maybe it's not maybe it's somebody from somewhere else but you know it'd be it'd be neat to almost create that narrative of like creating my you know my protege and then my protege taking on that mantle. So i guess that's the way i've always kind of seen it and there's there's a couple good candidates around right now that i think could, could handle it um so but but it also ultimately is based on when i hang it up and Knock on wood, that hopefully won't be for another couple of years. So we've got some some time to work out the kinks. I, I like your approach to that, and and I love that uh, uh, your organization is is behind you in all this. It seems like a good fit for you guys, and I think they'll handle it right. And I mean, and and I I understand the mantle mm-hmm. that you wear. You know, I honestly, uh, you know, everything is about the brand. Everything, you know, even when I'm driving my vehicle. I, I, I am always making sure that I am, you know, courteous in, in traffic yeah. and, <laughs> you know, things like that where, you know, you want to hold, uh, you know, you want to hold fast to, uh, you know, this persona. You want to hold fast to, you know, or what the, you know, what the brand dictates and, and, uh, and, the, and the character that you've created and, and uh, you know, things like that. So I, I love that you have that devotion and passion for what you do, for who you are, uh, who you portray. Um, and, uh, and the organization and, and it sounds like it's reciprocal. Yeah, no, and, and it, it um, has been a great relationship, I, I guess is the best way to put it, or a great pairing, if you will, between me and the Celtics, because they really are like, they're it, it, not just like spouting the company line, but they really are like a classy organization. And it really is from the bottom to the top. It's from the ownership to, you know, the president making the phone call to, you know, let the mascot know, you know, like it's like that kind of attention to detail from top to bottom, you know, it, it really does. Uh, it, it, it's, it's infectious. You know, when you see the, your leadership acting one way, you, you have a tendency to follow that. And um, you know, it's just, it's always been nothing but 
you know, a great professional classy organization. And it does, it sets a standard for you to try and act the same way and, and uphold that. And, uh, I've always tried to do the same and I've always tried to impart that on the, the dunkers that work for me. And, uh, I think that's a lot of why we've had the success that we've had. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I love that. I love to hear that. It's, it's refreshing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So a couple of things before we wrap sure. this up, I want to hear, um, so give me your most, uh, memorable moment as lucky. Oh, gosh, most memorable moment. That's, oof, that's tough. Um, <laughs> I get asked that all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I yeah, okay. I, I, my mind floods right? all It of really a does. <laughs> okay. So I have, I have two. Um, and the first one, uh, it, it's particularly special because it wasn't even at a game. Um, it wasn't even in our market. It was in a whole nother state. Uh, I was at the Tim Orth Memorial Foundation uh, fundraiser basketball game. It's uh, it's this little tiny high school like charity basketball game in the middle of nowhere in uh, Minnesota, this little town called Birds Island. And uh, we, we go out there in early March. It's still snowy and foggy. You can't like visibility is like 50 feet. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's not the ideal vacation in the middle of the season. And, we go and we do it unpaid. It's this volunteer uh, opportunity. A couple of mascots and a couple of dunk teams go and do it every year. And it is one of the coolest, most powerful things that you will ever experience because it is all about raising money for these kids that, you know, have these, you know, terrible life-threatening conditions. And uh, I've been doing it for a couple of years. I've uh, been able to bring a couple of my performers along as well. And it just... You can always see how it impacts people. Um, you know, everybody's crying by the end of the night. It's just this really special event. But I was there. It was my second time going. And there was this young lady named Addison who was born with cerebral palsy, uh, was told she would never walk, was told that, you know, she would never speak. Um, but thanks to treatments uh, and you know, operations that were paid for with money raised by this organization and this, you know, jam the gym event that they do every year. And they raise like ridiculous money for being this tiny high school game, like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars every year or hundreds of thousands of dollars, I should say every year. Like it's, it's amazing. Um, but this, this little girl had a, a completely different outlook on life. She was, you know, she had just had an operation that was going to allow her to walk for the first time in her whole life. She was six years old at the time. Um, she was speaking, um, you know, it was just this happy, bubbly little girl. And, uh, so they had me head to half court as they're, you know, telling the gym her story. And she took her first steps in public to meet me at half court, uh, no. to give me a hug. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting a little, choked up but and uh and uh we just she she she, she's she's coming out and uh she gets around the free throw line and uh she's she's got uh crutches but um they're almost like she's almost stumbling on them and like i started to get worried and started to reach forward to uh to catch her and i realized it wasn't that she was tripping is that she was trying to run she runs the rest of the way to half court and she just wraps her arms around me and i'm bawling my eyes out and the whole uh, gym's going nuts. It's it's this gym that can maybe hold like 800 people. And they've got 2,000 people packed into it. And everybody's going crazy, but we're just hugging each other at half court. Like, just one of those like 
real hugs where you're like you're you're really just holding each other and letting each other know you're there and uh and finally i just picked mm, her up i would have lost her it. on my shoulder and i'm walking her in a circle around the court so that she can just kind of wave to the crowd and the whole i mean just blowing the roof off this place just going nuts and it was just the electricity just the energy in that place is something that i'll never forget it's ah, it's just so powerful mm. and uh to be a part and, yeah, of that and, and and again like i said like I, I've, I've performed all over the world i've performed at all-star games the nba finals i've been to these just amazing big moments for someone in our line of work but for me that will always be the most powerful moment in my career because it just it was just so real and uh yeah i'll never forget mm. um wow uh, the opportunities, yeah. man, I'm telling you that just no one else, uh, you know, that is just uh, the power of of these characters. And, and, and to your credit, um, you know, being a man, Scott, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that just just uh, screams volumes for you. So, and, and that is, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about the blessing and the curse of it. And, you know, the, the in that moment, it's simultaneous. You know, it's it, it's a challenge to, you know, where your emotions publicly like that in a moment like that but at the same time to be able to share my emotions publicly I mean because I was I was bawling man like just tears running down my face like the kind of like the heaving sobs like I mean even if I'd been in a costume like a full suit you would have been able to tell what was going on but to be able to share (laughs) with that crowd like yeah this is real for me I'm not just doing this because it's my job like it was awesome to be able to share with them how much I cared about that girl. And, and, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like it made it that much more of a connection between all of us. So how special is that? Jeez, that's great. Why we play? Well, gosh, I love these stories, man. Yeah. This is uh, from a different perspective and, you know, and, and honestly, um, I think for, for what you, do for your age, um, for your talents and, uh, and everything. You, you really think that, um, you know, you would have been in the leagues for so much longer. You've got, uh, uh, you know, some, some, uh, great maturity as far as, uh, and I, I don't want this to sound <laughs> sappy or, or condescending or anything like that, but you've got some real maturity as far as, um, you know, your character, the way you present your, 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 um, abilities as a performer, I mean, you're a natural, and uh, so Thank my you. credit to you, and uh, and all you do. I feel so, like I had some really good mentors um, along the way, though, and not just and not just Eric and and Keith, but you know yourself and you know Ray Henderson, John Abzi. You know, I like I looked up to you guys the same way I looked up to Michael Jordan. You know, like you guys are oh. the legends of our craft, and and it's you know it's it's. I don't know. Like, I I don't feel like I can put enough weight behind that. Like you guys for, for everything I've been able to do, you guys have already done that and done so much more with your respective characters. And and, and, like, I wouldn't know anything about what I'm doing if it weren't for being able to have the example that you guys set before me. So I just, you know, any, any credit I can get is all because of you guys. So just thank you for being the example for the next generation of mascots. You know, I, I think that, you know, I, I said it earlier, you know, I don't think a lot of kids grow up 
planning to be mascots. You know, I think we all kind of pursued, you know, had a passion or a dream in one direction or another. And then that dream evolved into being a mascot. But you know what? Now there Mm -hmm. are kids who want to be mascots and it's because of people like yourself. You know, I have guys on my dunk team who their aspirations from high school to college to now has been to become an NBA mascot. And it's because they saw you guys perform when they were kids watching the NBA games. And and so I I think that that is just an incredible credit to what you have done as a performer. I appreciate that. Yeah. Now, now we just have to, uh, you know, especially you, man, you just gotta be careful. You don't get shanked. Uh (laughs) By one of your own guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to hit the King. You got to kill the King. Uh, That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, good deal, man. Uh, I got to wrap this up, but uh, man, I, I, we could go on forever. This is so, uh, so fun. It really has. But you know, we'll, uh, I I look forward to the next time we see each other. I want to, I want to follow you in your career and everything from here on out. And um, uh, I've just really been uh, pleased with the way you have grown this character and um and uh you know i'm i'm excited for your future so you're gonna do thank great you, things thank you very much man well let's wrap this up this has been between the fur with uh ken uh i'm a professional mascot but interviewing kit ackerman the uh the mascot for the boston celtics currently he's incredible he brings a lot of energy and a lot of power to uh to those games so cool. yeah man thank take you take care yep. Have, Have a great day. All right. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.